Hey guys, welcome to the Inga Company Podcast. We are two long-distance cousins that are finally living together in Dallas. We're both navigating life in our 20s and learning from each other along the way. So keep listening along and hopefully we can make you laugh and feel like you're in good company. Hey, hey guys. guys, welcome back. Happy Wednesday. Happy 4th. I hope y'all had a great 4th. Yeah, the 4th was yesterday. yesterday. And um, when you'll be listening to this, it yeah. was yesterday. Yeah, but so... Some of you guys are probably hungover if you listen the day of, which we hope you all do. Mm-hmm. I hope you're hungover, I, honestly. Yeah. And you guys all had a great force, celebrated the independence of America. Except we all have to right go back way. to work unless you took it off. <laughs> unless yeah. you took a week off work because you start a new job the next week. Yeah, no, not me. I'll be like going to work. I'll be driving back on Tuesday, though, and then going to work on Wednesday. Your hand gestures to me. I'll be driving back. No one can see. I know. I'm sorry. It's funny, though. Yeah. I had to, like, play it out for the listeners. Driving back. Do I look, like, cool when I'm driving? The girl. What's it? Rebecca Black. Friday. Shut the fuck (laughs) up. (laughs) Um, Anyways, this is going to be a really good episode. I and Gabby and I are super excited about it. Um, We actually recorded this in Outer Banks with our moms. So we had to pull them aside one morning and have, like, a great conversation with them. It was super therapeutic. We got to hear a little bit about them, their upbringings, how they met, their friendship, um, and we got very, very deep. Um, yeah, we got some good advice. Yeah. We got, but yeah, it was a good conversation. Our moms are, like, so awesome. We look up to their friendship so much. Um, I mean, their friendship created our friendship. Yeah. So, so it we, was we just... We have to, kind of. Yes, we yeah. have to give them credit for some yes. things. <laughs> But yeah, it was a great conversation and yeah, I hope you all enjoy. Yeah, no, I'm excited for you guys to listen, but I did just want to give a trigger warning during this episode and during the conversation, we do talk about suicide and as well as other sensitive topics. If you or someone you know struggles with mental illness, know that you're not alone and help is available. The suicide hotline is 988. Um, That's the suicide and crisis hotline. But I also wanted to say I hope all of our listeners know that you're so loved. Um, We love all of you. And Ellie and I are also here if you need an outlet, like a confidential outlet, if you or someone you know struggles with mental illness. Um, Yeah, I know we both have experienced it firsthand, you know, with with people in our lives. And yeah. It's You're not a topic not to, you know, to, to take lightly. And we want to completely acknowledge that and make sure you're aware so that you can decide whether or not you want to listen to this conversation or not. It's a great conversation. And I think it brings a lot of light to mental illness, but it also can be very heavy for some. So we want to make sure that you guys, you know, are comfortable and this is a safe space for y'all. So, yeah. um, hopefully, you know, that we do love you. You're always, always welcome to come to me or, or Gabby. I was about to say Emma. Uh, you can always come to me or Gabby to talk about, um, mental illness, anything you may be struggling with or your friends. We can always be an outlet for you. Yeah. But uh, enjoy. We love y'all and hope you enjoy. Hey guys, welcome hey. back. Welcome back. We have an exciting episode today. This is going to be a good one. Yeah, this this episode is going to be um, different because we didn't record it this week. We recorded this a while ago, um, but we have some exciting guests, as you can already tell by the title. Um, they honestly probably should have been our first guests, I'll admit. You know, we had Carter and Joe on, and like, you know... If anyone, Drew deserved to be on the podcast, my older brother, more than Joe did, but especially first guest, but they'll do. No, this will be a good one. I feel like both of our our moms, we're bringing them on. They have... They are the reason that this podcast started, I will say that. They are... So a lot of you guys don't know this, but Ellie and I are not actually blood-related cousins. Surprise, surprise. I feel like that surprises a lot of people. But so many people are like, wait, you guys look alike. Like, yeah, it's very strange. Yeah. But it the reason we are cousins is because our moms were best friends growing up and they have stayed best friends. And they when Ellie and I were both born, we were told that her mom was my aunt. So Aunt Karen and then 
my mom was her aunt, Aunt Sarah. So yeah. that's where the like cousins come from because we were like kind of brainwashed to thinking we were cousins. <laughs> <laughs> that's one way to put it. But yeah, we've done like family vacations or visit each other every summer, um, whether that we go to you in Colorado or Memphis. We did a lot. And then we would go to St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all come to St. Louis. But very grateful that they um, brought us together. I know. Well, let's introduce them. Why don't we? Let's bring in the ladies. This is Karen. Hello. (laughs) She's going to be laughing the whole time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This is my mom. Her name is Sarah. Hi. <laughs> Do you want to give yourself a little introduction? I am Gabby's mom, Sarah, and Karen and I met at the end of eighth grade. We both actually, she went to a different grade school, or we, or we would have met in grade school, but she went to a parochial grade school and I went to the public grade school, but we met, or was it seventh grade? We met, oh, eighth grade. Yeah, oh, oh, right, because you went all the way through eighth Mm -hmm. grade. So there was a a big cheerleading tryout in the gym, in the eighth grade auditorium, or in the eighth grade gym at Eureka, and we were both trying out for the cheerleading team, and we made it. We made it. <laughs> and I looked over at her and I said, she's fun. So anyway, we've been friends all through. Well, that's when we met and obviously all through high school. And we went to different colleges and whatnot, but we just always stayed together. Well, and then you, before we had kids, you and Mike came out to Arizona. Yeah. To visit Dave and yep. I. That was fun. That was very fun. Yeah. Okay. We'll get there soon. Yeah. Um, but that was a good overview. Yeah, good little overview. And then this is my mom, Karen. You want to give yourself an introduction? Hi, I'm Karen. <laughs> Feeling a little nervous. Uh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> it's a little I mean, intimidating behind, behind the, the mic, but. Mm-hmm. So, Aunt Karen, what, like, when you met my mom, did you guys know that you guys were going to be friends for life? Or, like, when did that kind of. I mean, we were 14, so I don't know if you thought that far in advance, <laughs> but um, no, I just think we connected immediately. I mean, through high school, we were always really good friends, but we weren't really as close as we are now. You know, like I had a really, Tammy was my probably BFF and Kristen was yours and we're all still really good friends, but I think it was really after college um, that we really started to can I don't know if it's connect or we just made deeper yeah I why do you think that is okay I'll answer that I think that Karen and I out of all of our friends because we yeah we both have really good other friends too but our childhood was so eerily similar in the ways of like you know, I didn't, I didn't, we were raised a single, with single parents, single parents that we weren't super comfortable around. And, you know, I didn't really want to have people over to my house. Karen didn't really want to have people over to her house because she was embarrassed. Um, unfortunately we connected in some ways that, um, were just kind of sad really, but, but yeah, we, but we have overcome. We have overcome. Yeah. Um, but I also think we became closer because we were both in a similar stage of life. Like I had gotten married, then Sarah and Dave got married. Um, Sarah, they had a baby. Like we were just kind of on the The same, same the same track, becoming adults and trying to figure things out. And so we had each other to try to figure (laughs) this whole marriage parenthood thing, um, we're still trying to figure it out but um but it's been fun and yeah yeah and we just think very we have similar views um we have very similar background the way we were raised but 
um, yeah. yeah, it's been good. Yeah. So I guess going off of that, um, I know it's it could be a lot, but if you had to tell the listeners like a short glimpse of what made your childhood a little bit more difficult than others, like of your friends, is there something you guys could say about that? Hmm. Well, um, so I, I mean, how detailed do you want? Um, well, my mom has a very interesting background, so or like childhood upbringing, so whatever you're comfortable sharing. This is your safe space, this sweetheart. Is my safe space. Okay. <laughs> um, no judgment zone. Uh, so I, I, I guess just to start from the very beginning, I was adopted. Um, lived in California when I was adopted, and then when I was ten. So my parents are from St. Louis. Um, they moved out to California. That's where my sister Nancy and I were adopted. And then we moved back to St. Louis when I was 10 and my mom died. Um, I mean, do you want me to go that far? I mean, so my mom died. Um, unfortunately, I mean, sadly, she suffered from schizophrenia, um, and she took her own life. So it was clearly that was not easy and then my dad bless his heart he did the absolute best that he could but it was always you know he struggled himself um as you can imagine so he he was a great provider he was a you know but maybe just not the most um like loving or emotionally supportive but um yeah well is there anything about that that like I mean, obviously, that is a very unique and hard situation to be, you know, brought up by. But could you, like, pinpoint something that, you know, was really hard for you growing up when you did and having to go through all of that? Um, I don't know about that so much as I feel like it, that was not an ideal childhood, right? But we were in St. Louis and we had family and my aunts and cousins like, I feel so fortunate to have had family, especially women in my dad's family that embraced us and really helped to raise us um, and provided so much of what I didn't have without having a mom and and really my faith. Like, I, you know, I went to a Catholic grade school. We were not that my dad was super religious, but I do always feel like God protected me even through all these difficult times. And so I could be, I could be angry and bitter about things, but I'm, I'm not. And I, I really think that it's my faith and, and having those wonderful, strong women in my life that just, that loved us um, and helped raise us. I love that. And I think that's really inspiring from me looking up to you and being able to look back at your childhood and only think about the positives. I mean, I know that's, I'm sure sometimes you're like, well, I, I you wish some things could have been differently, right. but there's nothing you can change, nothing you can do. So for you to look at it and bring out so many positives from that is truly inspiring. And I'm glad I have you as a role model. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Cute. <laughs> Um, Aunt Sarah, anything? Yeah, I know you also. That's a part of the reason why you guys have this strong friendship is like your childhood, and you also didn't have the easiest childhood. So, do you want to give us a little glimpse on yours and why it was difficult? Yeah. So, uh, you know, this was back in the early 1970s, right? So, I think it was like 1972. I was seven years old, and my parents got a divorce. And back then, it was. I just remember being the only, or so I thought, or at least what I was around, child that whose parents were getting a divorce. So I felt a lot of shame around that, and um, and so that was difficult. My mom raised my brothers and I, and she wasn't home a whole lot. She had to work hard, and there was a lot of dysfunction in my family. My dad's wife that he married that was it was really dysfunctional but what I do remember from a super early age is looking around and thinking this is really messed up and this is not what I want and I want to do something completely different I it's almost like I studied other families I would hang out with like really 
I would hang out with kids who had these great families and I'd spend heaps of time with them, like tons of time. I had a friend, Dina, in grade school that I practically lived with and I, I wrote her mom a letter one time and I said, you know, thank you so much for taking me under your wing and let me eat dinner with you every night. And, you know, I, I look at that, I looked at that when my kids were young and I'm like, wow, she did a lot. She must have known that things weren't great at home. And so I, I don't know what gave that to me to be able to look at other families and say, this is what I want. But that was my trajectory. And I, you know, I was, I set myself up to have what I did not have in terms of love and stability and all that to move forward so um yeah it's uh I'm grateful now for those families that gave me goals to strive for yeah that's good to have a support system and you know like I know my family leans on your family, your family leans on my family. So it's just, you know, it's kind of like a domino effect and you, you look for those relationships elsewhere for like what helped you through those times. Um, so with like both of these childhoods and like them being hard, do you think, did you guys talk about that when you were little? Like, is that why you guys bonded or was this just something that you guys kind of discovered like later on in your friendships? I mean, for sure, no. You didn't talk about this. Oh, my gosh. Like, you, like Sarah said, I was embarrassed to have people over at my house. Um, and, but we, I did every once in a while. But, um, oh, my gosh, no. You, you didn't want to acknowledge that things weren't right or hard or, um, and, and I don't think that's probably too different from what it is today, like, especially when you're in high school and even college. I mean, for me, I think it was really once I got married and um, was on my own that I really started to process kind of what my childhood was like. Um, But for sure, you didn't. No, but I do think it's different. I think these kids can talk about things that we did not talk about. And not only did I not talk about it but I lied about it like I was for sure you know oh where's your dad oh he's at work when really my parents were divorced my dad didn't live there but I literally would lie about it because I was so ashamed that Mm -hmm. I was in this situation because you know in my mind everybody else had this quote perfect family and I didn't and I do think it's so much healthier now to talk about these things because i it would have been helpful for me to know that I wasn't the only one that had such a dysfunctional family and, you know, it. I just carried so much shame because I, you just think you're the only one. And I think you guys are in a better spot as far as being open and honest about dysfunction and mental illness and, you know, my mom was a hoarder and she hoarded things and so I didn't, you know, now there's a hoarding show like back then. I, you know, it was just this shameful thing that I didn't, I would have dates pick me up like down the street. I didn't even have them come to my house, that kind of a thing, right? So um, nobody talked about anything mm-hmm. like that. And it's just, yeah, it just made things harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think like in today's, like we are more open and honest and about like where we came from and who we are and what makes us who we are. And that's like sad that you guys didn't have that because it is an awesome feeling to be open and honest and vulnerable and have people like, and see the reaction. And most of the time it's out of love and like they're accepting and they want to hear more and they want to see how that makes you who you are. And so it's sad that like you guys didn't have that growing up. And I'm, I'm hoping that like you guys are I'm sure you guys are, but like figuring it out now and like being more open and honest about where you came from. I also feel like it's a new thing for us to be talking about our struggles and things that we're going through because in the new age of social media, it was like everyone was posting the best of the best. And I mean, they still are and social media is a huge, you know, aspect in that. 
but I think now more so than not, people are not afraid to say like, I have depression, I have anxiety, mm-hmm. like I've been through these hard times. I ha- go to therapy. That's such like a like mm-hmm. bonding thing for people now, which I think is great. And it's so inspiring to hear that someone's going to therapy. It's right. like a good thing right. versus back then. I feel like it was like, what w- what's wrong with you? Like you're in therapy. Right. Right. Yeah. Like just to give you an example, you know, as as good of friends as Karen and I were in high school, I didn't know until after high school that her mother took her own life. I thought she died in a car accident because that's, I think, isn't that? That's what, yeah. yeah. I always told people, I mean, even honestly today, like some, I think someone at work recently asked and um, it's just, it's, it took me a long time to be able to say she took her own life. Um, and, and part of it is, part of it originally was, was shame, like the embarrassment of it. Mm -hmm. And then eventually it became more like not wanting to put that on the other person. You know what I mean? Like, do they really want to know? Like, you know what I mean? Depending, you know, if it's kind of a casual person, like, oh, she died in in a car accident. It's just easier versus she took her own life she had you know she struggled with mental illness and especially back then oh my gosh they it, it was yeah. terrible but I get that but it, it, here's my thinking around that but full disclosure my brother I have two brothers my older brother Dan my middle brother Matt sorry no it's okay he took his own life and um and I think it's it's good to be open and honest about that because it helps all the other people who have a loved one True. that took their own life. So I think we're not doing anybody any favors by not opening up because unfortunately it's a common a common occurrence. I mean, he had a mental illness and he took his own life. And I just think the more we open up about it, the more we realize, oh, you had somebody else too and it just it you know shame when shame's brought out on the table it 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 dissipates and it it, it, it's healing and it helps yeah yeah no I think I mean uh when I was growing up and we had talked about this a little bit before but um just my mom thought People were following her, were listening to her conversations. She would wake up in the middle of the night and be outside because she heard voices. And I mean, it was, I I didn't know it when I was growing. I I mean, I partly knew it, but I didn't fully know or understand. Um, But, and then, oh my gosh, my, again, my dad did the very best he could. And we had because she thought people were following her, like we moved, we lived in 19 different places before I was 10, by the time I was 10. And that's, I was 10 when my mom died. But, um, and they fought all the time, like crazy fighting. So it was just such a weird mixture of emotions, right? Because I was super close to my mom. My mom loved me so much, but I knew somewhere inside that she struggled deeply um and honestly like so I was 10 and I think when it wasn't until I was an adult you know in my 20s that I really started to grieve my mom because that's when I feel like I needed her the most like graduating from college getting married having a baby like those were huge milestones that you know she wasn't there I didn't have a mom for for those things so um but I don't want to say there was a relief and anyone to think that that's, nice. that's the that's an answer because it's not um by any means it was just you know you're 10 and you don't know how to process st- this stuff and we didn't talk about things I mean we never talked about my mom after that literally never I think what you're saying in sense of that it, there's no positive way mm-hmm. to look at it but it's but there's no way that that's the answer how you yeah, said like no. 
And I think that that is now what is so beautiful about our world is because we can have this conversation. This is a conversation that so many people can relate to and can feel like they're not alone and can, you know, then go talk to people that they love or reach out to us or whoever so that they know that like that someone can hold their hand and help them through those times. Cause I'm sure if your brother maybe had someone to talk to, if your mom had therapy or medicine or even the like, you know, for it not to be such a scary thing to say out loud that she had schizophrenia, things could have been completely different. And I think that's the beauty in our Mm -hmm. world now is that it's okay to not be okay and to go talk to the people you love so that you can live this beautiful life that God placed you on this world to live. Yeah. Um, so well, thank you all for sharing. Yeah. I know that was really hard and it's a lot and those are, you know, and it's just a glimpse of like what you guys both went through and I know it wasn't easy. And I know me and Ellie always talk about how, you know, we jokingly talk about how, we didn't get that much, but I know you guys both <laughs> didn't get anything <laughs> comparatively. Yeah. So you guys really didn't get a lot and or anything really. And we both hope you know that we understand that. And we talk to each other like when we vent to each other about each other's moms, like the we other person, <laughs> the other person always says, you know, just remember what they went through and like this is why they're probably showing up in this way or you know we both have these like conversations and kind of are each other's devil advocate when it comes to family situations and stuff and we never like pick off one of each other and talk you know let it go let it spiral yeah it's more we put each other put each other in our places and but like you said with grandpa bill like he did the best that you he could have done you guys did the best that you could have done, like with what well, you Sarah's were still, <laughs> still learning. No, what was that? <laughs> Carter said she didn't, didn't know, better. know any better. Carter said I didn't know any better. <laughs> yeah, we just they you guys just didn't know any better. <laughs> but again, like we're going to therapy so that we can you know show up. We can understand ourselves more and show up better. And like, not that anything in our childhood was as traumatizing as what you both went through but like that doesn't mean that we can't go learn about ourselves and grow and then show up in our marriages and And not allow like little t trauma Mm -hmm. to like yeah show up in other relationships and like in our kids um but yeah so I do want to talk about your birth mom so that was a lot about your um adopted your mom that adopted you and your birth mom, you didn't know up until a while, but that story is kind of crazy because my mom um, was the yeah reason. Is the reason. Yep. And so I'll just tell have my mom talk a little bit more about how she was able to introduce you to her birth mom. So um, obviously I knew Karen was adopted early on, and I would ask her questions about, hey, do you, you know, because I'm, I'm a very curious person, hey, do you know your birth mom? And she would shrug it off a lot. Yeah, I mean, I have this letter that she wrote. And emotionally, Karen wasn't really ready for it. She was struggling with some other things, and she felt a very big, um, what's the word, with, with your dad. I was very loyal to my dad. Very loyal to her dad, and she felt like that might hurt his feelings. Um and so she was protective of her dad. She didn't know how upset he would get. And so I'd ask her, you know, I'd wait a few months and ask her again. And she just emotionally wasn't ready. And so finally one day I said, I said, can I see that letter? And she said, sure. And um, I said, well, do you mind if I reach out to her? Because I just want her to know, Karen, she probably has no idea, like, how you're doing. And I'm just going to write her a letter and say, hey, this is who she is she's amazing she's doing fantastic all the things right and she she just kind of shrugged her shoulders and was like yeah if you want to I don't think she thought that I really would so I wrote her birth mother Francie a letter and I said hey I'm Karen's best friend and this is who she is and everybody loves her and sent her some pictures and photos and whatnot and of course like this is before 
email, computer, and all that. This was snail mail. And I mean, Francie couldn't have written me back faster. And she's this beautiful writer, and she wrote me these beautiful letters and couldn't thank me enough. And she was be- she was ecstatic that I did this. Her birth mother was just over the moon. And, you know, I'll, I'll wait as long as it takes for Karen to be ready. And, um, and so I eventually shared that with Karen. And I saw a little sparkle in her eye for the first time. Like, okay, maybe I can do this. And, um, and her birth mother, full disclosure, lived in Santa Barbara. And I was like, Karen, we got to get out there. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, so then Francie and I wrote a few letters back and forth. And do you still have the letters? I do. And Karen, you didn't want to talk to her before you met her. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So it was just Francie and I then. So then I, so well, we had some telephone calls, Francie and I. You, so you wrote the letter, and I have to, I mean, I'm going to get emotional. It was like a eulogy. It was the most beautiful letter um, that someone could write about you, that you're alive and you get to. That, wait, who wrote the, you, the, the letter that Sarah wrote to Francie was so beautiful. I don't think it was all true. Yes, it was. But, um, it was so beautiful. And, um, and then Francie wrote back. I think she FedExed it too. She did. She did. Um, <laughs> And then she overnighted it, overnighted it. And, um, which was a big deal back then. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I think we faxed. So I have all the letters and no, I did not. I wanted to, I don't know why, but I'm so thankful I didn't, I did not want to talk on the phone before we met. And so, um, for three months we wrote back and forth and Jenny. So Fran, I have a half sister, Jenny, um, who's six years younger than me. And, um, she had, she had also written before, um, Sarah reached out to Francie and I just never responded. And Sarah used to always say, you know, you not writing back is saying more than I think you want to say. You're, it's saying something that you don't want to say, um, if that makes sense. But so we wrote, um, and I just, I feel like that's such an amazing thing to have. And and it was very emotional, both on on all sides, right? And I'm not the deepest person, but I was during that time, and so it was just nice to have, yes, to, to have that in writing. She didn't write Jenny back because she was just she had so many emotions and she didn't know what to say. And I think what I said to you, Karen, was, you know, that she's looking at this like, oh, she doesn't want to have anything to do with me, and 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 I knew that wasn't the case. I knew Karen really did. She was just stuck. She was just in this emotional like, and so then she finally did because yes, once you wrote the letter to Francie, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so they they didn't talk. Francie and I talked on the phone, but Karen didn't. And I was living in Arizona at the time. Karen was in St. Louis. And um, Karen flew out to Arizona. We had always planned to come out at that time. Yep. Because you had just had Kinsey. Yep. And um, so we're like, well, this would be perfect because Sarah was our little angel that brought us together. So it was only appropriate for that to happen with Sarah. And Francie brought her best Best friend friend. that she grew up with, Diane, it really was. It like, was like I can still see it in my. In it was my, like a movie because yeah. we were on the these beautiful grounds of Camelback Inn, right? When mm-hmm. we were at Camelback mm-hmm. Inn, which is in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. It's beautiful, and I'll never forget it. Like she, I mean, imagine the anticipation. She's just kind of walk. Karen's walking around like because she knows she's going to come walking in to the grounds any minute. Like she's going to be here at whatever time, right? And so. Karen's kind of pacing and all of a sudden Francie comes walking in oh I could I'm gonna cry thinking about it but their faces I mean they just looked so much alike and their hand gestures and they hugged each other and it was just it was so amazing it was and like Mike is one of seven and I he he kind of struggled because he was also protective of my dad and he's like you know I don't really understand 
why you want to do this, but I support you. And, um, but he was, you know, we, we met and we hugged and then we sat around the table talking and laughing. And he, he was like, I, I just can't believe how much you look alike, your mannerisms, the way you hold your glass. I mean, it was just, it was crazy. And, um, on the way home, Mike's like, well, how do you feel? And I said, I feel whole. Um, because I just, there was, you know, like I said earlier, like I didn't have my mom. I didn't have a mom when I graduated or, um, got married. And it was just such a huge gift to me to have Francie. Um, and so, and really it was Sarah. Sarah was the one that, that opened that because I don't think I would have well and I remember I remember you saying and it hit me really hard like I have somebody that looks like me yeah and like and I thought to myself yeah none of us knows what that feels like we've been born into these families that are our birth you know she's never ever had that yeah and it was and not only I mean it was it was it was amazing like the way they hold their glass the way that it was it was one day we dressed alike yeah no it was (laughs) it was oh it is so weird how similar they look right and you know not growing up together the 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 way they laugh the way I mean imagine coming into that when you've never had and they've never like she you were a baby like it's crazy how similar you are and Mm -hmm. like the characteristics and the movements and yeah, the way you both carry yourself is so similar. And you guys have literally never met until you were, how old were you? 27. Wow. Yeah. 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 I know one time I was out there and um, I was walking on, we used to go to the Miramar um, beach and I was walking on the boardwalk and someone came up and said, you must be Karen. And I'm like, I am. She's like, I, I could tell it was you from the way you were walking, um, that you were Francie's daughter. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's it's, it's a been highlight of my life. It's been such a gift. Um, it's been a gift for me. I think for you. I mean, three of my four kids have been over in Europe with Jenny and Eric. So Jenny's my half sister, and her husband um, Eric, and their three boys, and uh, like just that relationship and how similar they are. Um, it's it's really amazing. It's a gift. And of it all is gifts. such a yeah. gift. Yeah, it's a blessing. Definitely. That's so cool. I love that story. I know. You definitely, someone I feel like is going to listen to this and be like, that needs to be a movie. Like, your upbringing, both of y'all's, mm-hmm. is, is crazy. Well, Francie lives by Oprah. We thought for sure sometime we would run <laughs> into her and she would want to have us on her show. But that has not happened yet. Not. But Oprah, if you're listening, we're available. <laughs> <laughs> and Ellen, too. Yeah, yeah. What what is something about y'all's friendship that you think is different than most friendships or like one of your favorite things about your guys' friendship and how it's been how you guys have been able to stay so strong throughout your lives? I mean, I think uh I think a big part of it is one of the times when we went out, I think it was actually before we um uh I think it was before you and Dave got married, but Mike and I went out there um, and we went out with you and Dave and we had so much fun. The Hungry Hunter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think because our husbands love each other, like they get along so well and they have, they love golf. Like they have a lot of similarities that, that, that really has Hell, been a yeah. huge part of what, uh, because you know, yeah. if they didn't get along, we wouldn't have gone to your house or you would have right. come. You know what I mean? Like, um, I, I, I think that's instrumental and our shared values are shared. And I think the fact that you kids all mesh so yeah. well yeah, has just solidified it that much more. Um, and I think when you make a decision, I remember making a decision. This is really interesting I was I just thought of this but I I made a decision early on that Karen was going to be one of I was never going to let her go and I've made that with a couple of other friends too but like I'm I'm never going to let her go 
And when you make that decision, you hold on to it because it is very easy to, because, you know, Karen has a big job and it's sometimes it's hard to talk to her and, you know, I'd get frustrated because I wouldn't talk to her for a while, but you just make that decision that it's okay and you're going to continue to be friends and you just pick up right where you left off and it, it is a decision that you make. It really is. And you guys will see that as you get older because there's tons of things that can get in the way. So you, you have to be committed to it. I love that. Mm-hmm. Also take note. Me and Gabby. I just want to point out that I never had to think that. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to point out I did because you were the busy one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And I'm sure you're the one that's calling her. She's not calling you. Exactly. I call sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> but me and Gabby will take note. Our husbands have to get along. Yeah. Yes. Maybe. You yes. know what? That is essential. It's, it's pretty It cute. really is. Yeah. And um, we got to meet some cute friends out there. There are some single friends listening. Yeah. So, like, talking about, you know, us being friends, like, how has it been watching Ellie and I form, like, this friendship? since we've moved into the same city it's it's pretty funny because I look back at you guys when you were little and you didn't really like Mm -mm. each other (laughs) no but to be fair you're how many years apart are you guys three three and when you're little that's that's an eternity right Mm -hmm. like but um but it's been super fun and in of course we go to this place where it's like oh you're you're the two of us like you know, forming this, um, lifelong relationship. Yeah. It's, it's super fun and we're proud of you guys. You're both, you're such strong young girls that know what you want as far as your jobs. Um, I love the way you don't, you don't need boys. I think that's super healthy and, you guys have a lot of goals, and I don't know. I'm just, I'm proud of you. Very proud. It, yeah, it fills my heart. Like, it just makes me so happy um, because I think the legacy is not the word, but, like, yeah. and so it continues on. Like, mm-hmm. someday you all will be at a beach house with your family, and hopefully you will invite Sarah and I. <laughs> but, no, just that you guys will continue to have your lives together, your families. And, um, yeah, it just, it makes me so happy. And I just want to say, uh, you guys are funny and (laughs) that makes me happy. And Ellie and I have had competitions of who's the funniest. And I will admit now you are the funniest, the reigning champ. Yeah. (laughs) Reigning champ. I mean, you get it. You got it I from don't your know. mama. I have. A, I think you're pretty funny, Aunt Karen. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's thank a hard, you. You're funny. Like, you're definitely funny. But like, and I got it from you. So you've just taken it to a whole other level. Yeah. Yeah. I've added my own little spin on it. You know, we made it a little younger. True. <laughs> you guys are just True. different. Different kinds of funny. Yeah. Still funny though. <laughs> That's probably one of the things that. I loved about you the most, Karen, is that your sense of humor, because growing up, there was not a sense of humor in my household, and so you brought that into my life, and it just, I needed that big time, and it's, you still, you still have it, and I still need it. <laughs> we all need it. We, we all, all need, need it, it, but yeah, yeah, because life that. can be hard, but yeah, um, yeah. It's good to it's not take to make things. people laugh. Yeah. 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 And not to, it all works out. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, just even last night playing Remy Cube, you're like, it's not that big of a deal, mom. <laughs> like, she's right. Yeah. <laughs> she's right. What's something you wish you knew growing up that you could tell, you could tell us now or like even people listening? I know it's the world is just so different you know I have I could write a book of all my mistakes that I made raising you kids but I have to forgive myself for a lot of them because we we did the best we could we didn't know any better (laughs) well especially like emotionally you know I things are so different now Mm -hmm. people are able to be more emotionally present and we just didn't have that knowledge back then and 
I mean, I would say, I mean, the first two things that came to my mind was one, life can be hard. Faith is so important. Like it, it, it is for me, it has was, it is what has carried me through the most difficult times. And I can so maybe in the midst of things, I can't see it, but I can so clearly see the hand of God in my life directing me. And so it makes me sad when people don't have that. Like, so I, I pray that you have that. Um, and, um, this is so dumb, but, uh, I, I didn't really work out like Sarah. Another thing that Sarah and I have so much bonded over more recently is just like our health and fitness. And um, Sarah's always been good at that, but I, I haven't. And so um, work out, like <laughs> eat healthy, like take care of your mind and body and um, it, it will take care of you. So I love that. I think we both yeah. prioritize faith. And yeah. like, I mean, we've both woken up and journaled every morning and mm-hmm. we take care of our mind as well as our body. And I think well, what you said, it's very important. And I think that's very prominent in our world mm-hmm. today. It's so needed. And it's, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Would you guys say that you guys faced any challenges in your friendship or friendships with other people as well when you guys started having kids? I mean... I think whenever you have kids and everyone parents differently, you know what I mean? Um, and it is the greatest gift to me in life, but it was also the hardest, right? So it's a little stressful, but I mean, I don't, I mean, we would go on vacations together and stuff with you kids. So I don't think, I think the kid, I think you kids in some ways made us even stronger yeah. Um, but it wasn't like you were going on vacations before with just couples. And like, did you guys start going on vacations with kids and start to see some differences? You know, you or? just always evolve, I think. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't know either. Um, and I mean, honestly, it's not that I have a struggle with Sarah when we go on vacation. <laughs> it's a struggle with my kids. <laughs> <laughs> Would you guys like help each Sarah other? Sarah and that? I are aligned. It's you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so would you guys help each other through that? Like if one kid's like, how do you yes. view yes. each other's parenting and all that stuff? Yes. Yes. Yep. But that's where your best friend can, can come in handy when you're. You need a sounding board. You need a sounding board because you feel guilty because it's your child and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't like my child today. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't you two, of no, course. No, of course not. <laughs> Never us. No, yeah, we were the perfect ones. <laughs> this is a long time ago. But um, we would say to each other, and we'd kind of look at each other like, oh, my, same, yeah. Like, you know, I felt, you, you, yeah, you can just have that sa- nice sounding board when your kids are doing. I mean, you need somebody to, yeah. one, to talk to about it and provide a, a, a less emotionally charged point of view Mm -hmm. um and then I mean really just you know like you love them you're angry you're confused whatever the issue is but you you need someone to yeah uh, and to talk to and uh, and I mean god bless Mike and Dave that's not it and also not it's not going to be your mother-in-law or your mother it's like it's a different kind yeah. of opinion with your friend right because the mother or the mother-in-law comes at it from such a completely different not that they can't be helpful because they definitely yeah. are and we will be helpful but the friend thing is regarding your children well it's just you're different. in it like you we're in it yeah. at the same yeah we're in the same place yeah um generationally and everything yeah, yeah. and even I mean Many times Sarah and I have conversations about our kids and our husbands and yeah. it's kind of the same thing. But what makes a huge difference is we love all of you. So like when, when I'm talking about Mike, Sarah loves Mike. Right. I love Dave. Like, so it does, like I've said before, like it doesn't matter what you say because right. I love 
I love your children. I love your husband. Like it's, I'm not, it's, I'm not judging what it's is an being unconditional said. love. So, and, and I think that's where you girls and I get this, like you, you don't want to say much if you're dating somebody because we don't forget that stuff. And we're not probably going to like that guy if you say he did X, Y, Z. Do you see what I mean? Like it's, whereas when you have a best friend and you talk about your kids, they're not going to be like, oh, I don't like your child anymore now. You know? You're stuck with them. It's unconditional. Well, and you love them first. It's an unconditional love that's just different. Yeah. Um. I guess going off of your marriages as well, do you guys have any advice for us or other girls out there or boys looking for your life partner? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) So many thoughts. I mean, I remember thinking, well, one, one really important quality is, um, there's many, but, Mike is a hard, super hard worker, and so I always knew that he would take care of me and our family. Um, he, I loved his big family because, especially for me, like having I have an older sister, but we're not really super close, and so that was a huge draw. And he loved his family, um, and he made me laugh. Like that was so so important to me. It just kind of goes back to like. Life can be hard. You need to be able to, you know, it it can't always be serious. And even when it's serious, you have to be able to, you know, get through it. But um, so, yeah, dad, he was a hard worker. Um, he was cute. Uh, he made me laugh. Yeah, very similar. I mean, Dave, Dave's sense of humor in his family, his family was, you know, I was very attracted to that because didn't have that. And, um, and yeah, the, also I think like when you meet your partner and you do make that decision, you just make that decision and you make it work. Mm. Like it's not going to be easy no. ever. Like, I mean, you'll, you'll have easy times. You're going to have really hard times. And if you've put it in your head that, you're going to work it out no matter what, then you will. Amen. I mean, because there will be really hard Hard times times. and there will be times when you don't like them Mm -hmm. and they don't make you laugh, but you (laughs) love that, you know, like you there, that is one thing I don't think there is as much of a commitment to, to relationships as probably our age, but, um, yeah, I, you work through it um and you're committed to it yep um there was something else I was oh well just like what you had said earlier when you you know you're like I made it a decision that I'm gonna keep this friendship and you have to make that I mean unless there is yes there's abuse alcohol you know what I mean like major kind of stuff like that but and there's always two sides right so you gotta kind of figure out what your what your part is in it but and also Nobody's perfect. So I think for you girls, you you decide what the most important characteristics are that you want because you can't have everything. You cannot have everything. Nope. And, you know, Karen and I over the years when we have maybe complained about our husbands, it, that sentence comes up a lot. Like, you can't have everything. He, he, may, he may not be great in this or that, but he sure is great in this and that. And... So make sure those things are the important ones and the ones that are going to sustain you because, you, again, you can't have everything. And, yeah, I just, I don't know if it's relevant. You can clip it out. But uh, I just remember the first time that I went on a date with Mike, right, and um, he came to my house or we went out and then he was brought me home. And he didn't, like, he was so, I don't know, great about my house. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't. It, he wasn't judgmental or like it, it you wasn't met even him in thing. high school, right? Yeah, yeah. Like it, and it just it made me love him. And you know what I mean? Like I was like, oh my gosh, I can see He's myself accepting. with you for you know, not forever, but like it was. I could see myself being with you when I'm 32 having coffee, which you know at 17 is 
really a long, long time. But um, he just, it's like I knew at that moment that he was somebody I could spend a lot, you know, I could, yeah, I could be with. And on that note, that's funny that you say that because the moment I knew that Dave was the one for me, he was a, um, he was a golf pro at Camelback. And so they had these member guests and he had to, he had to work them, be at the member guests. And there was all these, uh, older couples that belonged to this private club. Right. And he'd get all dressed up in his suit and I I got to go with him because he could bring a guest. And And how old were you? 26, 26. And, um, so he was busy because he, that was his job to go around and talk to all the couples and stuff. So I would be by myself a lot, but I, I wanted to talk to the couples too. But I'm telling you, every couple that I would go up to and they're like, now who are you? And I say, oh, I'm here. I'm Dave's date, you know, Dave Blink's date. <gasps> Dave, he's our favorite. Oh, mm. we love Dave. You know, er, and you know, couple after couple, Dave's our favorite. And I was like, hmm, this is interesting. You know, like I, I watched him in these older couples and it was like so endearing. And I just knew right there that, he was solid, you know. Love it. Well, thank you guys both so much. I want to last or give you guys one like last question for us or anything that you guys want to wrap up the show with. Okay. Well, I don't know if this is a wrap up, but I just want to <laughs> clarify that Joe, we did give Joe boundaries. If you listen to the last podcast, Joe said we didn't give him, he didn't have any boundaries or um curfews we did we did give him curfews and boundaries on episode 11 on episode 11 um we were we just didn't enforce them because we were tired and i just want to say <laughs> i didn't know what i was doing. I, I did not show carter those models in those <laughs> magazines and ask him he was, who, he was totally lying i i am i i said who are the strongest, <laughs> smartest women in this magazine? Because that's who you want to marry. You forget about looks. Who is strong? Who is smart? Who is capable? That's what you want, Carter. That yeah. is the kind of woman that you want. I did not say who is the prettiest. And on that, I would say that's what I love about you guys. Because I do think you are strong, smart women. Yeah. Also very funny. Um, and I'm very proud of you. Oh. Very, very proud. Of and you. we're so lucky to have you guys as our moms and we would not be here recording a podcast if it wasn't for the both of you. And I know we've said that before. Um, should I redo that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I will say that we have strong and smart moms in our lives to like thank us for, you know, getting those qualities and we also would not be film recording this podcast if it wasn't for you guys and I'm so thankful for you guys's friendship and I look up to your guys's friendship um that's one thing I look up to my mom a lot like the amount of friends she does have and she's such a good friend and I look up to you in so many ways on like you know your humor and your ability to just like light each room you walk into and I like do thank God all the time for bringing you my bringing my aunt and to this world and bringing my mom. Aunt Karen kicks butt in the business world. Earl, yeah, but she does. Um, no, I was gonna say the same thing. I think this conversation was I hopefully very therapeutic for both of you. I know it. It, I mean, shed a couple tears for me. It was great to hear your side of the story and just like your outlook on life is so inspiring and same with you it's just like the women that you guys have both grown into becoming and then have now raised me and Gabby Kenzie Rachel Drew Joe and Carter to be these people like we would not be here without you guys and I know we give you guys a lot of trouble for our small (laughs) tea trauma um but in all reality like we are so grateful to have you guys as our parents and we love you Mm -hmm. so so much and I'm so glad we got to record this podcast this is honestly my favorite one like this was so much fun Aunt Karen was counting down the minutes until we got to record with her she is a big fan (laughs) no you didn't it's hard being behind the microphone sometimes yeah 
Um, well, anyways, awesome. we've been talking for a yeah. long time. We're going to go to the beach. Yes. Have a good weekend, everybody, and a good rest of your Wednesday. We love you. Love you. Love all. you. Bye. Bye.